Hello and welcome back to Smiling in Hell 2.0. I'm your host Larry Peterson and today, you know, with the weather so hot and everybody's been taking vacations, so I, so I was waxing nostalgic on uh, some trips that I've taken and I've shared a few of them here on this Smiling in Hell, but today is going to be chapter 34 and I'm going back a ways with my adventures in travel to a piece I'm going to call Mexico part uno you've probably never felt what the true meaning of smiling in hell is until you've driven through the region known as the mexican yucatan in the heat of summer while shoehorned with three other roasting travelers in the intimacy of a semi-compact car with busted air conditioning while the local highway workers burned off unwanted overgrown foliage from both sides of the road but that's where I found myself some years ago while on another of my early traveling adventures, like I said, this time in Mexico. It began, as many of these adventures did, with a call from my theater buddy, actress, author, and travel guru, Mary. We're going to Mexico. You want to go? She asked. I, being the thoughtful and practical kind of guy I was, answered pretty much immediately. Sure. At which point, Mary filled me in on the hows and wherefores of the trip, which was to include only her, her husband, actor, author, director, and all-around wild man Jack, and my friend James, another fellow actor with whom I had shared the stage when my real job allowed me the time to do local theater in Charlotte. Along with the stage, uh, <clears throat> I uh, also shared a girlfriend that he had been going out with for a while uh, after they had broken up. Well, mostly after. And though, and though I, I hadn't seen him since I had moved from Charlotte to Savannah, Georgia, Mary assured me after speaking with him that enough scotch had flowed under the bridge or over the dam uh, to ensure that that little hiccup in our fraternal palace was past tense and, and all was cool and I, I wouldn't have to worry about him smothering me in my sleep if we shared a bungalow, a tent, uh, uh, or an archaeologist's cabin along the dusty trail. So I reiterated my sure and plans were set. A smooth itinerary was soon developed, and, and it included a flight from Charlotte to Cancun, and we'd spend a few days there, and then a few days driving down the coast with stops in Tulum and Uxmal and Akumal and, and that wonderful Mayan pyramid of Chichen Itza, and then Merida and other exotic locales, visiting ruins, snorkeling, soaking up sun, and, and trying to survive what was sure to be a taco, tamale, and tequila-filled trek for the ages. And it was smooth sailing, well, all the way up to the uh, first day, that is. Well, Mary had always been our super guide, and not only arranged all of the travel detail and minutiae, but also deftly managed the care and feeding of her charges along the way. You know, like getting us on the right planes, getting cars rented, our bags located, hotel rooms found, food and drink provided, making sure we went potty before we got in the car, and seeing to it that other basic survival activities were handled. And it was great. On all of these untours, we call them, 
I didn't have to do nothing. I could usually be found in the back seat of whatever vehicle we were in, absorbing the passing scenery through the car window with a bottle, can, or gourd of whatever local libation was available at the time and place. That was my M.O. Well, until, that is, until our Mexican adventure. Well, as usual, Mary had done a yeoman's job of putting together a carefree week of travel for her and the boys, and pretty much all was set. Until the national travel agent issue that uh, came up due to the ticket class she and Jack were traveling under, and it made it impossible for them to travel with James and I to Cancun. What? I mean, that meant that we would have to put on our big boy sombreros and actually fend for ourselves as we could get from Charlotte to Cancun and hope that Jack and Mary could catch up with us in a day or so at the latest. You can do it, Mary said, sounding a little like Shackleton as she handed us the pr painted or printed <laughs> painted printed itinerary with all ports of call, phone calls, phone numbers, and so on. And remember, this was in the the time before cell phones, so con communications was pretty medieval. Well, long story short, although a little younger than James. I kind of took charge of the challenge, and using my two weeks' worth of Spanish audio tape lessons, I got us to Cancun. I got us a car rented. It was a little bigger than a toaster, but not as big as a bread box. I found our motel. I got us in our rooms. I got us on the beach with a bucket of cold Coronas, all without nary a hitch. Oh yeah, quite the man of action was I. Well, while we were getting ready to go out for dinner, we began hatching our plan of telling whatever girls we happened to meet that we were uh, associate producers from Hollywood. Yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah, associate producers from Hollywood, scouting locations and, and local talent. Yeah, that's right, local talent for a new film we were producing. Well, that was our story, and we were sticking with it. Well, nothing could stop us now. So into town we drove in our little matchbox car. A car, by the way, that no self-respecting Hollywood type would ever be caught dead in. But after a few stops at some comfortably seedy cantinas, we finally found a suitable, picturesque little cantina that appeared relatively free of dysentery, and we went in for a traditional touristy taste of the local cuisine. And while we were scoping out the place and looking for potential companionship, we happened to ask our waiter where the action was for young singles. He pointed us in the direction of a little noisy club called El Boom. I, I kid you not, El Boom. Well, El Boom sounded good to us, so we made our trek like so many conquistadors to El Boom and began our quest of imbibing all of tequi the tequila in Cancun. And we'd have done it, too if we hadn't started chatting it up with a couple of young senoritas and we were astounding them with our charm and pithiosity. Uh, that is, until I fell asleep in the booth we were occupying. It seemed like a good time to call it a noche. Well, we realized we had no business driving, but figured our car was so small it would probably bounce off of anything or anybody we bumped into. So we offered our new fem friends a ride to their hotel, and that's what we did. And that's all that we did. In fact, other than we knew that one was named Harley, we never could remember her friend's name. 
So for the rest of the trip, they were just affectionately referred to as Harley and Davidson. And angels watch over kids, dogs, and those who enjoy too much tequila, which we figured was the only reason how we got safely back to our room, where we found a message had arrived from Mary that she and Jack would be flying in the next morning and needed us to pick them up at the airport at like 8 a.m. 8 a.m. in the morning. In the morning. We were blessed and cursed in the same night. Then, as we were trying to figure out how to set the alarm for the ungodly hour of 07 a.m., I opted to pick that time to drop a glass on the hard-tiled floor where it shattered into a bunch of lovely, shiny shards. I, of course, being the considerate and conscientious guest, reached down and unthinkingly attempted to sweep up the glass with my bare hand which led to my being and transformed into an O-negative transfusion donor-in-waiting for at least a dozen possible recipients as my hand enjoyed a grand opening. Keeping my unthinking mindset intact, I rushed to the bathroom to uh, sink to run some water over the wound, which, while not a remnant from the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, was doing a respectable job of enticing any would-be vampires within a 10-mile radius to come over for a drink. Now, as I was running the nice cool water over the Grand Canyon on my palm, I heard friend James holler from the other room, don't run tap water over it, man. We're in Mexico. I immediately pulled my hand from the water and began wrapping my now soggy and germ-ridden wound in toilet paper. Well, And just then, James came over with one of the myriad bottles of tequila we had picked up on our earlier travels and, holding my hand over the sink, proceeded to give it an antiseptic shower. And this, of course, resulted in more than a little distress, elicited a banshee-like cry from me filled with more expletives than a Dan Jenkins novel. Oh, mama, father, oh, my sock-smelling, oh, gosh. And so after James peeled me off the ceiling, I relieved him of the tequila bottle. I took a quick swig. Well, you got to clean it out from the inside, too, I said, taking another swig. Well, obviously, I lived through the night. And the next morning, early, we were very painfully crawled to the car, made our way to the airport, and enjoyed a joyous reunion with Jack and Mary, replete with headache-inducing hugs. And as James and I regaled them with the tale of our first night sojourn south of the border, we made our way back to the hotel to begin day two of our Mexican adventure which I will continue in the next dose of Smiling in Hell 2.0. So until then, I hope you enjoyed this little adventure, but uh, have a wonderful day and uh, adios muchachos.